0: guys, welcome to Big Church Online. We are so excited that you've joined us today. If you're looking for any sermons or words of encouragement, you've come to the right place. While you're here, please subscribe, like, comment, share. That way you can stay up to date and help others find it as well. Now, let's get this week's sermon in progress. Let's give it up for this worship team who doesn't know what they're going to... Come on. Pastor Isaiah, we appreciate you. Coming in here and just going with the flow. Sometimes that's hard to do. He sometimes he's like, I don't know where in the world we're going, but glad I practiced an extra song this week anyway. But God is so good and, and I'm telling you, He He's changing lives and and sometimes we can't see it in the natural, but God is doing something in the supernatural right now. So we just want to welcome y'all. Glad to see you here this morning. Glad to see all y'all. That are going to be watching on YouTube later. And let me tell you, our YouTube presence has started to to kick in a little bit. We're starting to get new subscribers. Did I get that right, Amy? New subscribers, and uh, people are starting to watch our messages. I got a message from someone who lived in Florida today. Said he watched uh, the message a couple weeks ago, and it really it really spoke to him. So we got people watching all over the place, and so thankful that you're here today. And over the past uh, couple weeks, we've been talking about being salt and being light and what that means in our lives and how that helps us to make a difference. And I remember growing up in church. Anybody grew up in church in here? Come on, y'all say, folks, y'all went to church your whole life, right? I grew up in church. Have you heard me say it many times? I went to church every time the church doors open. I was there seven days a week and it, maybe not, but it felt like that way anyway. But, but I remember hearing the Bible stories and, and, and memorize. Y'all ever know anything about memorizing Bible verses? Come on, get your hands in here if you remember to it get your hands in there if you had to memorize a Bible verse to get a prize the next Sunday. Come on, y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. John 3.16 was easy, but when they did you do, when you had to do Psalms 91 and you had. About twelve or thirteen verses that get a little, that kind of got me a little bit there. But I remember those verses and listening to messages. And really, I didn't think I was paying attention. To be honest, I didn't think I was. You know, I was a kid going to church and I was doing my thing and being in youth group. And I didn't think I was paying attention. But I remember a lot about what the characters in the Bibles. We're saying to each part of my life. And let me just tell you something, parents. If you have kids and they're at home right now and they should be at church, then get them in church. Let me tell you why. There's something that happens when you get in the house. There's something that happens when you start exploring what God is doing. You hear the stories, and you've got to get them in the house because let me tell you what it did to me. Even though I ran, even though I've tried to run away from God, that always was in the back of my mind knowing the, the scriptures that I knew and knowing the, the verses that I knew, knowing that the stories were real in the Bible. So I'm telling you, there's value to getting your people, your children in church. Because let, let me tell you what, when you start them young, they may run, yeah. but they can't hide. Amen, I tried to run and hide, but let me go on. But I remember learning a lot in Hebrews 11. It talks about the great people of faith who, who God used in mighty ways. And, and, and it's, it says God qualified them and made them come into the faith Hall of Fame. We talk about the Hall of Fame for a lot of things, but Hebrews 11, if you haven't had a chance to read it, it's the Faith Hall of Fame. And you hear the names like Abel and Noah and Abraham and Isaac and Moses and Jacob. You hear all those names. And and I remember preaching to uh, refuge. And I remember the first time I had 150 kids sitting after and I started talking about Joshua and they were like, yeah, that's that kid that's got the third locker down for me. And then. They had no clue what I was talking about. I started talking about Moses and I saw the lights going on. And I was like, they really didn't know what I was talking about. So it was kind of a a good way to bring them back into the stories. But but, but in Hebrews 11.30, it talks about this. And we're going to be talking about a few of these over the next few weeks. But in Hebrews 11.30, it says, by faith. The walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab, remember that, you're gonna hear that here in a couple of weeks. The harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? What would fail me to tell you of Gideon, who we're gonna talk about today, of Barak and Samson and Jephthah, whatever his name is, and also the David and Samuel and the prophet. Here's the thing, God called you to do great things. So many times we read the Bible and we start thinking about, I can't do this or I can't do that, I'll never measure up to that. But let me tell you why. God calls you to do great things and he wants to cause you to be an effect, an impact to the world around us. Some of you are out there saying right now, me? You're looking at me like, that's not me. And maybe you question yourself just because of your past Or just because of the present situation that you are living in now. The enemy always wants to use shame. He also wants to use uh, regret and disappointment to keep you in a place of not making a difference. He wants to use all those things. How many of those rehearse over in your mind about how you cannot do something because of something that happened years ago? But he wants to keep you out of that place. Over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about some of the people that God used, even though they were unqualified. Unqualified means this. It says, unsuitable for service or a task. Not recognized as having the knowledge, listen, or the skills to accomplish the task. They were unqualified. But the good news is that God qualifies us. The good news is, how, who can God use? He used these disciples that nobody else wanted. He used a bunch of fishermen out there. He used a bunch of common people. This ought to, make, ought to encourage you. He used a bunch of common people out there that had loud mouths like Peter and me. He, I figured I'd get an amen on that one. but He used a tax collector who everybody had discarded. He used a thief and a doubter. He used the unknowns to do great things for his service. God wants to use us and you are you are not I'm going to tell you something you're not qualified in yourself 1 Corinthians says this it says instead God chose the things that the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise and he chose the things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful God chose the things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and you, listen, and use them to bring to nothing that the world considers important. But God is the one that gives you the strength and the courage to do the things that you need to do. It's not in yourself. It's in God. The title of my message today is, wow, it took that long to get to the title. The title of the message is, Out of the Shadows. Let's look at a man named Gideon. And some people are looking around like, Gideon, who's this guy? He's in the hall of faith. His name was mentioned there. And listen, you may not know a lot about Gideon because for the simple reason he's in the Old Testament. That's the one you don't really read, right? When you come on, when you first come to Christ, I say, oh, you need to read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and those are great. That's where you need to start. But listen, there's a whole nother part of the Bible that a lot of churches have actually kind of disconnected from, and they say that it's not relative or it's Old Covenant. But let me give you a, let me give you a simple fact. God inspired the word of God from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelations. So I'm thinking that we don't need to discard anything, and it's still relevant today. <sighs> Woo! Let me tell you why you need to read the Bible. It's full of history. It's full of drama. It's full of miracles. Instead of hitting next on Netflix, you need to be on. Oh Lord, let's go on from that one. But here's the back. Um, hey, I'm guilty of hitting next too, so I, I'm not throwing any shade at you all. But the backstory here in the Old Testament, Israel had turned away from God. And God had let them become captive by a little small country called Midian. And the countries around them were coming up and what they were doing, they were stealing their cattle. They were letting their cattle graze in their fields. They were stealing their grain. And after seven years of this, the children of Israel started crying out to God. They're like, okay, God, uh, uh what's going on here you know but god reminded them that he, they had did evil in the sight of him and even though listen to me even though they had turned away and they needed some correction so many times we turn away god needs to correct us and there's nothing wrong with correction come on you sometimes you got to use that rod Whew. nobody likes that rod of correction do we come on it hurts But even though they needed some correction, listen, here's the good part. He was still listening and he was still loving. I'm glad God does that with us. Aren't you glad he just doesn't turn his back on us? Aren't you glad he's not human like we are? Aren't you glad he didn't give up on you the first time? Because if he gave up on you the first time, you wouldn't be sitting here today. Thank you, Lord, for the umpteenth hundredth time you did. You came looking for me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And here's what he does. He sends help right when we need it. And you know, sometimes the help doesn't come from the way that we think it should. Maybe it always comes, maybe it comes from not the right situation or the right person. It may not look like you thought, but Gideon in himself was not very impressive. Matter of fact, he was ordinary, but his trust and his obedience in God made him to do great things and become one of the greatest leaders in Israel. Remember the the Disney movie, Hercules? Hercules? went From zero to hero. I I, I butchered that one. That was not good. Come on. It said Hercules went from zero to hero. And that's about what's about to happen to Gideon. He's about to go from a zero to a hero. Judges 611 says this. And the angel of the Lord came down and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abyssalite. Where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said to him, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Normally, what you do is you don't thresh wheat in a wine press. Most of the time, if you know anything about wheat, and I got educated this week because I read about it, I'm not a wheat farmer, but you get, you get it out in an open space and you start moving it around. And what it does, it takes the unwanted or the refuse, refuse off, I didn't get that one right, it takes the bad stuff off of the seed so you can use the seed. But what happened was is he was living in frustration, he was living in discouragement, he was hiding in fear. Let me tell you something. The enemy always wants to keep you backed in a corner, he always wants to keep you intimidated, he always wants to keep you in a place of hiding. And then those places of hiding in difficulties, our insecurities usually scream louder than our faith. I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I don't have enough money and, and comparing to other people, I just don't measure up. Whew, I went through that. When God called us to be pastors of a church and then he said, I see thousands of young people around me, I went, um, I'm so many, oh, I'm, old, I'm as old as I am and I don't know that I'm gonna be a pastor. I don't know if I can be a youth pastor or not. And then I said, you know what, my wife is cool but I don't know that I'm very cool. She's very good. Look at that hat. She 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 rocks that hat. I can't even get one to fit on this bald head anyway. But I started comparing myself to someone else and it made me feel inadequate. It made me feel like I'd never measure up. And there's been times when people have said, you've never went to Bible college, so that makes you inferior. Or, or you've never accomplished this task or that task, and it might make you feel insecure. And I went through that for several years. And I'm not gonna lie, sometimes there's still inferiority that still pops up in my mind sometimes. I'm still not quite over that, but God is working on me. But he looks at Gideon, and he says, mighty warrior. And Gideon's like, who me? What you talking about, Willis? That just dated me right there. Young people are like, who's he talking about, Willis? Who's Willis? But Gideon looks at him and says, what are you talking about? You got to be kidding me. You're calling me a mighty warrior and I'm hiding out here in the dark and I'm I'm doing something I should be doing in public, but I'm hiding out. You're calling me a warrior? But listen, what he was trying to do was God being sarcastic. No, he just wanted Gideon to see Gideon for who he saw he was. So many times we see who we see ourselves of what they've called us and what they've labeled us. And I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. But but he wanted Gideon to see more than what Gideon could see. Can I just tell you, God's view of you is different than your view of yourself. He wants you. He wants to see you right where you're at, making a difference right where you're at. He wants to speak to the now of you, of who you can be in the future. So many times we shut him off in the now because we, because we go back there. We're still living there. And he says, oh, you're here now, but I've got something better for you out there. One of the biggest lies we tell ourselves is God only uses special people. I've been called special before in my life, but not for that reason. And sometimes we allow our insecurities, we allow our discouragement, we allow our fear to cause us and to doubt God. Listen to 13 here. Here's Gideon. I'm gonna give you the, the voice inflection. Pardon me, Lord. But the Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? There's questions. God's not afraid of your questions. He's not afraid. oh, that's a whole nother message right there. Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of the Midian. Then the Lord turned to him and said, listen, go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. I am I not sending you. He says, go in the strength that you have. If the devil can stop you, he if he can't stop you, he'll stall you. Come on, that's a good word there. If he can't stop you, he will stall you. Procrastination, I stole this one. Procrastination is the assassination of your calling. Come on, when you put it off, you'll never do it. When you say, I can't, you'll never do it. But, but, but when we put it off, we don't start, we, because we don't think, we're good enough, and we think we're going to fail. John Maxwell, in a book I'm reading right now, has said this. It says, you accept failure as part of your life. You have to accept failure as part of your life. But you have to learn how to fail forward. Yeah. And he talks about the many great people who kept trying. Thomas Edison, you're sitting in here and you got AC and we got lights going on. Thomas Edison failed over hundreds of times before he came up with the idea of the light bulb and how electricity could be used. And and Truett Cathy, anybody know who Truett Cathy is? Y'all don't know. But you drink, but you eat his God chicken all the time, right? He's the founder of Chick-fil-A. But let me tell you what happened to Truett Cathy. He started a little restaurant and his two brothers went into business with him. And within six months, his brothers both died in an airplane uh, accident. Then after he gets that, it's not bad enough that your business partners and your brothers have passed away. He gets a call that his first restaurant has burnt to the ground and nothing can be salvaged and he didn't have insurance. But as you know, He persevered. He all all those failures and all those things that he went through, he persevered. And that's why you can't enjoy it on Sunday, but you get Chick fil A six days a week. And some of y'all eat it three times a day. Y'all need prayer. But he says this I love this. Go in the strength that you have. Don't wait. Don't procrastinate. Go in the strength that you have. So many times we feel so powerless and we never do anything because we don't go. He said, Gideon, I want you to start right where you're at and I don't want you to wait because you are stronger than you think. But listen, it's, about, it's, about, it's less than what you think because when God calls you to do something about it, he gives you the power to do it. He gives you the presence to do it. He goes with you in the journey to do it. So you, all you have to do is just know God is with you. But here comes the excuses, as she did a few weeks ago. Excuses kill, they kill your purpose. Here he goes again, verse 15. Pardon me, Lord, but but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least of my families. A lot of us live beneath the potential that we have in our life, why? Because we have a lack of identity, which leads to insecurity. Come on. Lack of identity that leads to insecurity. We're struggling with, he was struggling with his identity. It makes us easy when we do struggle with it, it makes us easier to believe the lies of the enemy, right? And what it does, it leads to unrealistic fears of what people think. Come on, listen, somebody's going to have to get over this. They're mad at me. Y'all ever live in a a world where you think everybody's mad at you or you think everybody's got something against you or you feel like it leaves you in a place of stuck and you won't wanna do anything because you think everybody is mad at me and they they really don't think I can do it and I don't even think I can measure up. That's where Gideon was at. He was in a place where he said, I don't know if I can do this thing. I don't measure up because I'm the weakest in my family but I know uh, it just left him in a place hiding out. We start to label ourselves and we allow others to label us. Our labels are depressed and angry and worthless and rejected and even suicidal. And let me just tell you something. Once you name it, it's hard to get rid of it. Come on. Some of us have been living in labels since we've been kids. They've called you stupid. They've called you, you'll never amount to anything. and, And you lived in that label And so many times, labels and insecurities, they derail your purpose. They're going to keep you from finding your lane or having you in in somebody else's lane or in a lane you didn't, shouldn't even be in. God has a purpose for each one of us, and we can't allow labels and insecurity to keep us from discovering it. Labels and insecurities also delay your progress. Every time God asks us to do something, we point out a label or an excuse why we can't do it. We hide behind the label of being shy, and that's not me, being quiet, definitely not me, and introverted, and we never step out to tell anyone about what God is doing because we hide behind those labels that we put on ourselves. Uh, We wear the label of rejection. I can't pray for someone. What if I don't know what to say? Come on, a lot of us have that thing. God is calling us to move into a different place, but we've got an excuse for everything. You've got to get rid of the labels because our identity is not found in our accomplishments, it's not found in our failures, it's not found in the people around us, it's not found in our thoughts, it's found in God. He already knows everything about you. Isn't that scary? Should be. He already knows everything about you. He knows your fears, He knows your insecurities, your worries. But here's the good thing about God. He accepts you the way that you are. He doesn't want you to stay the way that you are, but he accepts you the way that you are. And there's the other good thing. He still loves you. So many times the enemy tells you because you make a mistake that God does. No, no, no. The never-ending love of God. He goes out chasing after you whenever you went out. He chased after me so many times in my life and I'm so glad that I didn't outrun him. We try to outrun God, but you can't go out of his presence. The Lord answered in verse 16, says, I will be with you, and I will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. He told Gideon, I will be with you. So many times we forget that God is with us. Our confidence gets shaken, and, and we, we throw away our confidence. Hebrews 11, 10 says this. So don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. If we'll persevere, if we'll keep doing what we're supposed to do, God says at the end, you're gonna win. Many people lose their confidence because of sin. And you know what sin does? Sin brings guilt. It brings shame. It brings self-condemnation. And which makes our, our insecurities just go crazy heightened. The enemy's job is to rob you of your confidence, to make you say things about yourself that just aren't true, do you know that your mouth can disqualify you? Anybody got a mouth problem in here? Oh, y'all, y'all are already saved. I already know, then that's good. I got all those hands going up. But your mouth can disqualify you. Proverbs 18, 21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Can I tell you, don't let negative self-talk disqualify you. Do you ever talk to yourself? Do you ever answer yourself? That's the problem you had. That's that's. I mean, I've caught myself saying, Richard, you are so dumb. Then I catch myself saying, yes, you are, Richard. You're pretty stupid. You know that? But the thing about it is, we can talk negatively about ourselves. So many times the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. So many times, sometimes you gotta get up, and I've said it before, you gotta look in the mirror and you gotta tell the enemy you're not what he's telling you that you are. You have to talk up to yourself instead of talking down to yourself all the time. Don't let the people around you affect you. Watch who you're surrounded with. Come on. If your circle is negative, If your circle is, oh, there's a bunch of words I could come up with right now. But if your circle is not edifying you and not building you up, then you need to get out out of that circle. We've got so much negativity going on right now. We've got so many things going on in this world that's bringing us down. Sometimes we just got to change our friends, change our atmosphere and the things all around us. Gideon wasn't wrong. He was the weakest one in his family. and He was the least of his family. But listen, never measure yourself against your obstacle, but measure your obstacle against God. We're always making our problems bigger than our God. So many times, have you ever taken a problem and you turn it into something, it's it's really about right here, and before too long, it's right here, and my God, there's nobody can ever take care of that, and it consumes, sorry, it consumes your mind. God will not call you to do something all on your own. Sometimes he calls you to do great things, and he knows you cannot do it in your own ability. He knew Gideon could not do, and I'm going to talk about him next week again, but he couldn't do the things he had for him to do in his own ability or on his own. But when he calls you to do something, he's going to give you the ability to complete it. He wants you, here's where he's at, he wants you to be totally dependent on him. The key to the victory is not their strength. It wasn't Gideon's strength. It was God's strength. Second, here's Paul, the apostle speaking in second Corinthians. Every time he said my grace, every time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. 2 Peter 1 says this. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. God has given you the talent. God has given you the ability. God has given you the creativity. He's given you the ability to work hard and the power to make it happen. You are not disqualified by your past. You're not disqualified because you're not educated. You're not disqualified because of your social status, your wealth. Or your personality does not disqualify you. You are enough. You're enough. So many times the enemy comes in and tries to fight that when you're enough. He is healing your self-esteem because you're stronger than you think you are. You have more to offer and you have more to bring to the table and you belong. Let me just tell you something. If you've been given entry into the room, it's because you are supposed to be in the room. If you're... If you're in the room and you're looking around and all you can see is your insecurities and stop comparing yourself to other people, you got to understand that God put you in the room by assignment. You're supposed to be there. So many times we disqualify us we stand outside in the hallway and we shut the door and we never enter the room, but God has called you to be in the room and make a difference and affect the room. You're supposed to be there. Gideon was about to step out into his calling. And what they saw as a coward, God saw as a coworker. And what we see as weak, God saw as a strong man. So here's the practical things, and I'm winding down. So how do I become a mighty warrior? How can I come out of this place where I'm hiding in? I'm tired of hiding in the basement. I'm tired of hiding in the closet. I'm tired of hiding behind my past and everything else. I'm tired of hiding. How can I come out from that? Even though I feel unqualified, how can you change my mindset, God? You got to remember this. Number one, God develops in private to make you public. He's building you in private so you can make a difference in public. Jesus took 30 years. It's the son of God, y'all. If it took him 30 years to grow in knowledge and wisdom and strength, oh, Lord, thank you for not giving up on me in these 49 years of my life. I just got in trouble for lying in church. It took Jesus 30 years, and he had three years to shine. He's still shining today. But I'm talking about in ministry. David was a shepherd boy that got anointed king, and he got sent back to the pasture so he could get the process down. He was the king for 12 years. Can you imagine knowing you're the king of Israel and yet you're out tending the sheep? But let me tell you what God did in that process. He learned, he taught David how to wait. He taught David how to sing. He taught David how to write poetry. He taught David that I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He did that all in the pasture. God had to work on Gideon way before he made him a leader of Israel. God is not after perfection. God is after progress. God just wants us to grow. Number two, we have to pre- practice self-acceptance. Self-acceptance is defined as an individual's acceptance of all his or her attributes, both positive and negative It includes your body appearance, your self-protection from negative criticism, and believing in your own capabilities and capacities. You got to learn to accept you and stop running from you. So many times we, we, we get lost in who we used to be or who we could have been. And God said, you need to accept yourself who you are today and move forward from that because we cannot go from a place of stuck. We can't go from a place of, of where we used to be. God says, I want you to go in the strength that you have right now. Learn to accept you and stop running from you. The next one is take responsibility. Whew. This is a hard one. You recognize You're in charge of your choices. You're in charge of your behaviors. You can't keep blaming everyone else for your bad choices. You can't keep blaming everyone else for your your insecurities. You have to take self-responsibility. And you can't expect everyone to come through with you all the time. Sometimes you gotta come through for yourself. Sometimes you gotta show up for yourself. Number four, we gotta live with purpose. We have to be intentional. Identity is what he's called us to be. How can you show up at everything? You have to live consciously day by day and get to know God and find out who you are. Some of us, no matter what age we are, we're still searching for ourselves. And our identity is found in Jesus. So if you all would stand with me, please. All these people, they're in the hall of faith. But they had to start a journey somewhere. As you see with Gideon, he started hiding. He started in obscurity that nobody knew who he was. But what the difference in them and us could be is they accepted the promises of God. And they gave their lives over to him and that's how God could use them in a mighty way. This morning, I'm gonna ask you, if you've never given your heart over to Jesus, I know we've already had one altar call. Sometimes we need three in church, it's okay. If you've never given your life over to Jesus by accepting him as your savior, very simply, in your own words, just say, Jesus, I come to you today. I admit I'm a sinner and I need a savior. Will you please forgive me? Will you come into my heart and will you take control? And listen, sometimes the hardest part is to step out from where you're at and to make a step of faith towards the prayer team that's on the left and the right or make a step of faith to come to this altar. Because as we were up here earlier, God kind of already set the tone for healing of insecurity this morning. He started building Gideon in private. And man, when he did, it showed up in public. Someone who seemed to be unqualified, God qualified. And next week, we're gonna talk about how God take a farmer to a warrior because that's not the end of what he did in his life. And I got news for you today. That's not the end. Where you are today is not the end of where God has for you to be. There's so much more out there. So many times we limit God to what he did or what he's doing, but God has, he's limitless and he can do whatever you need him to do. Can I tell you this morning, God wants to heal you. And if you want to make another step of faith to come up here to heal you of your insecurities, he wants to give you a new identify, a new identity in him and not of what you've been called or or who you've been your whole life. He wants to give you a new identity in him today. Because let me just tell you something, you're a child of God. You belong in the room. He called you a joint heir. You've been adopted into the family of Christ. And let me tell you something there's blood, there's royal blood going through your veins. You need to tell the devil, you need to look back and tell the devil, hey man, my daddy is the king. You've been making me live like a peasant too long. My daddy is the king. So this morning, as they get ready to sing, The altars are open if you need Jesus to come into your heart, he's here. And if you need any healing from insecurities, he's here this morning. Thank you for joining us today. If you're looking for more information or resources, you can visit MyBigChurch.com or follow us on social media at MyBigChurch. We love you guys. See you soon.